Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 301. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vault number 201, The Delivery Man, our first episode in over a month. And this feels like it was hearkening back to some really early Night Vault episodes, this whole mm-hmm. idea like street cleaning day or poetry week, when mm-hmm. it is something that's utterly mundane and yet everybody is terrified. Yeah, it was a really weird, almost poetic episode, Cecil spends the entire time talking about the delivery man and who he is and what he does and how people feel about him. Basically, everybody's excited, but it's something like the delivery man will always have a package for someone and everyone will get exactly what they deserve. And I'm like, yay! Yeah, and there wasn't any um, message from the sponsors. There wasn't any community calendar. Nothing. It was all the delivery man and then a brief weather and then back to the delivery man and I really like the delivery man's slogan it's no weather no war no man no illness and no god may stop me from my duty all people deserve prompt delivery and I just that sounds so threatening it really really does and they had mentioned at one point that he loves even numbers and he hates odd numbers and the exception is the number five and and so he always counts his steps, and every time he gets to five, he'll either say very loudly or under his breath, good old five. That's just that's just one thing you got to know about the delivery man. His molars are all ground up from gritting his teeth on all the odd numbers. I'm like, this is, yeah, exceptionally creepy. Yeah, and he plays the lottery a lot, and he always plays five, you know, five and 15 and 25. And he's won the lottery a bunch of times, but he never really does anything with the money other than to put it back into his work. But nobody else will use his number either because, you know, why would you want to take something away from the delivery man? And again, it just gets more and more threatening sounding every time people talk about their interactions with him. Yeah, they talked about how he would eat his lunch in the back of the truck and how it's not professional to let somebody see you eating on duty. But he's clearly like... He's clearly eating something pretty big, you know, whatever yeah, it is. And, and alive. Yeah, yeah. And um, while he was eating, some teenagers stole a box out of the back, and he didn't run after them. He said something like, running is for people who are in a hurry, and if you're in a hurry, you haven't been respecting the motto enough. But I don't believe they ever actually did uncover what happened to those teenagers who stole that box. No, it was just a perfect cube, and he kept his eye on it fixedly the entire time that he was driving even as he heard a scream and felt a thump of something beneath his tires. And like, uh, wait a minute. And that is brought up again. It was just the perfect cube, got stolen by some teenagers. He knows he'll see them again one day. (laughs) And that's all we hear about it. Yep, that's it. Uh, It says that he remembers everyone he meets. He's very strong. Um, But his physical body, they talked about how he's never had a mother or a partner or a doctor, so nobody has actually seen his body under his clothing, and that's because his body doesn't exist. Yeah, it's just his uniform is stuffed with cotton and wires, and he does that purely to make people feel comfortable with what they're seeing. And I'm like, I wouldn't be comfortable with seeing that. No, no, not at all, not at all. But as Cecil's sort of telling this story, he talks about how the delivery man comes to the radio station in the middle of town, he looks through a window. He sees a man, a man I know well. He comes inside, and the man is terrified, and he doesn't know what to do, so he just mutters, 
the weather. And then we go to the weather. Which I liked. And okay, this might be a little bit of a journey. The music was, it was harp. But, you know, mm-hmm. really, really high up in the register, like in the teeny tiny strings up at the top. And I love the way the woman was singing. And the song was very, the tone of it, it felt like something from a TV show, but almost like a TV show that was showing someone watching a TV and they're watching a very silly program. And this was the theme music. I don't oh, know why that came to me, but I was just listening going, yeah, this this almost feels like satire, but I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, I got I, the notes I wrote down. I wrote as pop. It almost feels a little like 1960s folk. But then I sort of landed on, it's a ballad from a musical, and it starts out very quietly, because by the end of the song, it got really orchestral and much more elaborate than it had been. So I could almost see, like, I don't know, the woman main character singing it and people doing a dance around it. It's a very theatrical song, it sounded like. Yeah, yeah. It's called Goodnight Dandelion by Space Cowboy Newt. So, yeah, I liked it. So when we get back from the weather, Cecil is looking up at the delivery man and the delivery man doffs his cap and smiles at him but Cecil says his face is cartoonish and he means that literally his face looks like it's made out of styrofoam but not like a mannequin head like a bunch of styrofoam peanuts that have been jammed together into one mass and there's like cartoonishly scrawled eyes and a bulbous nose and a mouth that's just an oval with vertical lines and then a horizontal line scratched through it. I'm like, it's a stick person face. It's oh a stick my person. God. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> now we already heard in the beginning of the episode that his uniform is perfectly pressed pants and black shoes and a mariner's cap. Now we know what his face looks like. I think I want to cosplay as the delivery man sometime. Because oh, you just be great. Get yourself a mask that looks like what it is, a bunch of styrofoam peanuts glued together with a stick person face drawn on it. This is perfect. Absolutely perfect. You'd have to wear it to a Night Vale live show because I guess just about nobody else would understand what the hell you're cosplaying. Nobody is. would, but nope. it's very lucky because there is a live show coming up on yes, there is. March 29th at uh, the Durham Carolina Theater, which Nathan and I will be going to. Nice. Very nice. So the delivery man shows up and Cecil is rambling and I think he's crying at one point and he's apologizing and he's talking about this fight that he had with Carlos. It just doesn't kind of go anywhere and when he finally sort of rambles to a stop he can just barely hear the delivery man say good old five. (laughs) Gives him the package and leaves and Cecil's like well I didn't really order anything. So he opens up the box and there's a picture inside in a frame And it's an old-timey photo of a gentleman Mm -hmm. with a mustache, Mm -hmm. I think. But Mm -hmm. then it changes to a landscape that's kind of blown out like an old-timey postcard photo. And you hear Cecil's like, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Nope, nope. And he thinks for a minute, he's like, oh, I get it. It's a digital frame, one of the ones that changes the photos. Nope, there's no plug-in for the wireless. There's nothing to show batteries. It's as analog as you get. I have no idea what's going on. But he looks outside, and he sees the delivery man is still out there and looking in at him. And he thinks the delivery man might think he doesn't like it. And then he hears Cecil very loudly, I love it. I thank you so much. (laughs) Now, 
did you think, because we had that one episode, It Doesn't Hold Up, and that's where Cecil saw a man in a forest and he recognized him and he was like, I think it was my dad, and which is like the first mention we've ever had. But they talked about seeing an old man and then when the photo changed, it changed to a redwood forest. And I'm thinking, this got to be like, that's got to be another reference to his dad, right? I think so. I think but every time I see him looking at an old-timey photo of a man, now I'm going to be thinking that it's his dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then the delivery man is staring at him, and Cecil's staring back, and he's like, should I break eye contact? Is it threatening that I'm not breaking eye contact? And he does. He finally looks away, and then when he looks back, he's gone. But the photo in the frame changes to Cecil. And the person, the photo of Cecil, he's wearing the exact same clothes that he's wearing in this moment, and he's smiling, but he looks sad. And he should get some rest, because he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very creepy. And then we go from there into the outro music. Now, the intro music for this episode was something completely different. I think it kind of matched the tone of Dispersion's music throughout the whole episode. I didn't really care for it in the beginning. It sounded very easy listening, and it had a saxophone going. Uh But over the course of the entire episode, it just, it really, it felt like it really matched and when Cecil's like going through that entire last thing where he's looking at the photo frame and everything the beats of the music were really like matching the beats in what he was saying and so I think there was a real lot of this wasn't like they got a song that had already been done just sort of plugged in the episode I really feel like Disparition was really working with all the beats of the story to make it sound good so I liked it a lot better at the end but the outro music was the regular outro music but it sounded more echoey than usual yeah it did Um, I'm not sure if we're going to get the regular intro music back next week or not, or if this was just something for this particular episode, since you're right, it did feel like it was tailored for the story, which Dispersion is one of those people... A lot of times you don't realize what a fantastic job he's doing because he just melds seamlessly with the story that Cecil is telling. Yep, yep, yep. He's really, and especially fun to watch him during a live performance when he's doing all of that stuff live, which is great. But I don't know, as for the intro music, I mean, they've tried to change the intro music before, and I always sort of feel like it was the fans going, we don't like it, we want the old stuff back. We want so, it back, bring it back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was it. That was the end of the episode. I kind of like the proverb. It was, let those without sin lighten up. Maybe do a crime or say a swear. Mix it up, people. Have a little fun. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. God knows you and I are the type of people who are always worried about, I imagine capital letters here, getting in trouble. Yes, I I don't do bad things because I'm afraid of getting caught. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was talking with Leland about this at one point. If you've ever got a thing that you've got to do where you've got to go someplace where you're not allowed to be, but the key is you just got to look confident like you belong there. Leland and I are always like, no, no, no. People would look at us and be like, you're not supposed to be there. So I don't care what all the suggestions are about if you carry a clipboard and look official, people will just assume that you're supposed to be there. No, they would look, they would see no. right through that if I tried oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But that is it for Night Vale. Nice to have them back. Um, of course, no Laura Olympus. We are not <sighs> quite one month into the hiatus for Laura Olympus. So. I picked up something interesting today. Uh, went to a bookstore with Nathan and I saw Nest 
Stefan Sesch, uh, his mm-hmm. wife, Linda Sesch, is also a writer and illustrator, and she has her own story about Hades and Persephone called Punderworld. And yes. I picked up a copy of the first graphic novel, so I will probably post a review at some point because it looks all kinds of adorable, and it's a completely different tone from Laura Olympus, but it's, yes. just, it's definitely something that will help tide me over until Laura Olympus comes back. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. Oh, speaking of Stefan Sesh, I did read the first graphic novel for fine print. Oh, wow. What'd you think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Sexy good times. Oh, oh all but... over the place. Yes. <laughs> His skill with just, I don't know, emotions on people's faces is just so good. And it's and just so pretty. It's such a convoluted mythology that he's got going on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think the second graphic novel is coming out pretty soon. Um, he certainly had a lot of problems with the supply chain at Christmas. I I had ordered that for you, for your Christmas present. For me, it literally arrived the day before Christmas. Oh, wow. Thinking, yeah. <laughs> you did a good job then because I keep seeing people on Twitter posting pictures saying, my Christmas present finally got here. Like, wow. Oh, man, I, I got lucky. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. But other than that, not a lot going on. We didn't do a weekly sit rep this time because not a lot of changes. I did notice that... So the Union Tribune has a place you can go to look up all the stats on coronavirus. And one of the things I really like is they show how many tests were being done per day, but that's, you know, a very flexible number. They also show what's the percent positive of all of those tests on like a two-week basis. And that's a more realistic number. You know, it's like 100 people get tested, 1,000 people get tested. What's the percentage positive of all those? It got as high as 26%, which is... To put it in perspective, we got down to like 2% at one point. So Omicron went up to 26. It's now down to 16%, which is still so much higher than we were, but at least it's down. But I saw somebody on Twitter today say something like, oh, God, we're getting ready to go again into the cycle of people saying, oh, hey, Omicron's going away so I can stop wearing a mask and, you know, having it go back again. I'm like, I'm getting really tired of this circular thing. Obviously, everyone is. Yes. Well, I have been watching Worldometer and the numbers are still going up, but they're not going up as fast as they were a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, everybody, just please be careful. I mean, Nathan talks about the the Spanish flu apparently took three years to go away completely, and here we are going into the third year of this. So I think it's about time that we all just please... Be careful. Try not to spread it around because that's where the variants come from. Yes, yes. I did look and see that the percentage of everybody in the United States who has actually gotten vaccinated, and this does count everybody, even kids too young to get vaccinated, we just hit 64%. So, (sighs) yeah, and it's still going up. I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, if we haven't reached people before, we're not going to reach them now. Another person on Twitter pointed out, they're like, it's still going up. There are still people out there getting their very first vaccine shot. So, Never say that, you know, nobody's reachable because it could be anti-vax people who are getting convinced or it could be, I mean, there are places in this country where people are hard to reach or, you know, they're struggling to get regular stuff done and they just haven't had time to go get vaccinated or kids who just hadn't gotten it done because, I don't know, they're kind of thinking about it the way we sometimes think about the flu shot. Oh, yeah, I probably should get one. I will if I get around to it. So, you know, there are still people getting vaccinated. Well, Nathan has a co-worker who came down with COVID and uh, her parents got it too. Now, all of them had been vaxxed. 
she had a booster shot, but her parents hadn't gotten around to getting a booster shot. They were having flu symptoms. She was having the symptoms of a really bad cold. So the Uh, booster is making a difference. I mean, I know that's anecdotal, but come on, you know, listen to the doctors and the nurses who were saying that all of the people who were coming in with horrible symptoms are unvaxxed. Yeah. And God, poor doctors and nurses who are just, I mean, they're just getting all this abuse from people who don't believe them or, or say, you know, you're making people sick on purpose. You know, it's all a conspiracy. And what is the, just, the drug remdesivir? Is that how it's pronounced? I, you'd know better than me. You work in the pharmaceutical industry. I, right it's now, it's yeah. not one of the ones that I've seen the clinical trials for, but a lot of people are now saying that that is what's killing people, that doctors and nurses oh. are deliberately giving them to kill people. But then you what? see other people pointing out, it's like, it's a Hail Mary. It does yeah. terrible things to your body, but it's just like, we've tried everything else to try to save this person, and here is something that we have a snowball's chance in hell of maybe actually being able to save them if the drug... It's like chemo, I think. You yeah. know, chemo is yeah. one of those things, you're hoping that it kills the cancer before it kills the patient. Right, exactly, exactly, but... Yeah, hope everybody's staying safe. Not a lot else going on here, you know. We haven't even uh, haven't even watched anything new lately. I need to get caught up on several things, including Raised by Wolves. The first episode of season two dropped on February third, and I think I've still only seen six out of the ten episodes of season one. So I need Same. to get around to that. Same. Yes, I definitely needed to. Also, Hannah watched the Disney movie Encanto and really enjoyed it and so I have no excuse to not watch it. I do love animations. I'm sure it's going to get the nod for best animated feature film so I really 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 need to sit down and watch that because everybody really seems to like it. Yeah and I understand it's got a lot of good representation in it. That's Mm. what I'm seeing so you can check that one out but rewatching Peaky Blinders because I don't know when the final season is going to drop but I'm hoping maybe I can get through rewatching all of the previous seasons, so I have a better idea of what the heck was going on at the end of the last one. But right. that first season, oh my god! Yeah, I mean, the slow, solid. the slow motion power walk kind of thing, and you would not, you would not think that a shot of a whole bunch of people in grungy, dirty Birmingham with the grime and the water and everybody wearing all black, and yet it is cinematic when they do that. Beautiful, beautiful. And the choice of music, I mean, I remember telling somebody at work, I'm like, yeah, it takes place in like post-World War One Birmingham, but the music they use is all modern. A friend of mine was like, oh, I don't know if I'd like that. I'm like, no, seriously, it really works. It does it's work. Very good. It's very yeah. good, yes. But it made me feel, oh, that second to last episode of the first season, it ends with Thomas and Grace have finally gotten together, and mm. they are finally going legit. And after Thomas spends the night with Grace, he goes down to the office, and he has that talk with Arthur, who tried to hang himself because he got betrayed by their dad. And yeah. Thomas, you know, comes in and he's heard about all of this and he's joking with him about it, about him trying it because he's telling him, you, me, and John, we are joint owners, so everybody gets a third. But, you know, me and John wouldn't mind splitting your half, so next time use a gun. It just, you wouldn't think that that would be touching, but the two of them just laughing about that. And then you have that slow motion him walking through the whole bedding area with the entire family moving in and out of the frame and the sunlight is streaming 
in through the windows, and he's just so happy. And I'm thinking, he doesn't get to be this happy ever again for the rest of the series, I don't think. Nope, nope. Every other time that he's happy in the entire rest of the series, it's kind of him having a small moment of happiness when everything else around him is going to shit. Yeah. It's just (laughs) unbelievable. God, I really... I am looking forward to see what the body count is like for this one for the final season. I don't know how many people are going to be walking away. I was kind of surprised to see Esme appear in the trailers for the final season because Mm -hmm. she had that wonderful goodbye to John after John was shot because she said she wanted a moment alone with him and everyone's like, yes, obviously we need to do that. And they leave and she starts taking off John's jewelry just and, yeah. and emptying his pockets and all that but it's all done like it is an actual ceremony because she's talking to him the entire time about taking the children and going away like they had always talked about doing it's like what an odd and appropriate choice i thought that very much so, so well but i thought that meant yep. she was gone so i guess she's maybe coming back uh for the final season yeah i feel like they're going to be bringing everybody back <sighs> anybody who's still alive to be brought back which is not everybody certainly <laughs> No, man. But I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. So I had a review of The Magic Order that went up. Uh, That's the Mark Millar series. And I really thought there was a lot of very good reviews of that issue out on the internet. And I do not understand where the story is going right now and it feels very frustrating and so if anybody else is reading this series this episode I'm like why are they doing this thing why did they do that why did we have an entire page dedicated to a married couple getting showered and putting on makeup I don't understand the story beats (laughs) of this comic so yeah I'd love to hear somebody else's opinion because all these people I mean obviously the art's beautiful it is but I'm going this doesn't the way they're acting doesn't make sense and I feel like I'm missing something but yeah that would be if anybody wants to weigh in on that, that'd be great. And last thing, before I forget, I did mention that I was going to read what Joshua Kay, our super fan, wrote into us. He actually wrote in about two things. He was responding to our talk about the Star Wars episodes, the three most recent ones. And then he talked a little bit about the Joss Whedon situation. So as far as the last three Star Wars movies go, I blame the writers. Look at the plot. All three are just a rehash of the original trilogy and not done well at all. I don't blame the actors. And I I just can't enjoy them as a whole. Granted, there are some good bits, but they're still a train wreck. He says, I still love Star Wars, but I've also learned that what I love about it is only mine in my head and not something I can share with anyone else. Many of the other Star Wars fans have just gotten so cruel since before the prequels, it makes me ashamed to be a fan. I, I think that really that idea about what you love about Star Wars is really hard to share with somebody else because yeah, it's all yeah. going to be wrapped up in how you experienced it first. Exactly, exactly. And what he says about Star Wars fans being cruel. I mean, what was it? You had heard that, that Star Trek fans are united by their love and Star Wars fans are united by their hate. Though sometimes I can see that can get flipped over because Star Trek fans have a problem sometimes too. Well, there's a toxicity to a lot of fan bases, but with Star Wars, it does seem to be a lot more vitriol going around. And I think it's possibly because there's so many people that wrapped their entire identity in what they loved about Star Wars, and now they think it's being ruined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the next thing he talks about is because we had talked about Joss Whedon, and it's specifically how we talked about somebody created something that you love, and then they disappoint the crap out of you, and you wonder, are you still allowed to like the thing? 
He says, as for Joss, I learned something in my youth from a show I watched in the 80s. Sorry, I can't remember which one. It followed the idea that you should never meet your heroes. Young boy meets his hero because of music, but when he meets the man, he is disgusting and cruel and not a good person at all. It crushes the boy and he is conflicted. Hates the person he met, but now is confused how to feel about the music. Basically, it comes down to you can love an idea, a creation, whatever someone makes, doesn't mean you have to like or agree with how another person lives their life. As an example, I respect Lindbergh for flying across the Atlantic without the spirit of St. Louis. We wouldn't have made the strides in flight at the same pace without that particular breakthrough. But I don't respect the man for his racist beliefs. And I'm thinking, yeah, fair. Um, I don't forgive him, but I will recognize what he gave all of us that we will all benefit from. I remember both the good and the bad. Support and respect the good. No one is perfect. I'm sure I could explain this all better. I will take and enjoy Firefly, but I will squash wrongs where I can. Joss made his bed. Now he will have to lay in it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I agree with all that. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of David Eddings in a way, because, you know, we, I loved the Diamond Throne when I read that in college, just absolutely adored it. And yeah. then I reread the series like many, many years later, and it was after reading all of his other series when I realized that he recycled the same five damn characters over and over again with God, the same yeah. phrases over and over again. And then I find out that he and his wife actually did time for child abuse back in the 70s. Yep, so yep, yep. It's, it's weird because, you know, I no longer like the stuff they created, and I certainly don't respect the person, but I still remember how much I freaking loved those books back then. Oh, yeah. And that is oh, something yeah. I'm just like, I will hold on to that. Maybe if nothing yes. else, I can hang on to that. Yes. I'm reading the first The Diamond Throne in the dorm room and just giggling out loud at some of the stuff, you know, and reading it later, and it didn't strike me as funny, but I just remember laughing until my sides hurt reading aloud some of that stuff. It was great. Anyway, thank you, Joshua, for writing in. We always appreciate when people uh, share their thoughts, especially as Catherine said, it lets us know that you're here. (laughs) All that and more at pixeladygeek.com. So we won't have a Night Vale episode next week and we won't have a Laura Olympus and it's not ready for Saga yet. So we should probably just, we don't have an excuse. We should watch Encanto. Is uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, is that available to rent? I don't know. It might still be in the theaters. We'll have to we got to watch that at some point. Oh, my God. We, we got to commit to either seeing Encanto or Spider-Man No Way Home or finish up uh, Raised by Wolves season one. Oh, we should finish up Raised by Wolves. I, I think, think that'd be the easiest one. thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, we've only got like four more episodes. So, okay, we're going to do that or something else that's more specific. <laughs> but one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to you all later.
my God, it's so cold out and I'm so hot. Are you? I'm Why so hot? hot. I just, just ever since last night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I was so hot. I swear to God, my eyebrows were sweating. <laughs> <laughs> Any, any idea why? No, just one of those things. I mean, I'll be just lying there and ready to fall asleep, and suddenly, boom, I'm a space heater. <laughs> I've done that before, too. You wake up in the middle of the night, and you have to go dry off with a towel <laughs> in the bathroom. Awful. Yeah. Awful. Just awful.